Hey guys, welcome to episode number 32 of Take This. This time we have Alex Faber on as a guest. He is a Red Wings writer at octopusthrower.com. He also covers the Michigan State Spartans hockey team at statenews.com for Michigan State. You can find him on the web at Alex Pick Faber. We had a great conversation with him today, and it was very, uh, very exciting to talk hockey despite them being off uh, you know, for however long they are going to do that because of COVID. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we were very excited to talk with him. If you liked today's episode, be sure to tell your friends. Listen to us everywhere on Twitter at TakeThisPod and on YouTube Live every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump right in to today's episode. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I am here right now with Alex Faber. Uh, Griff will join us shortly, but Alex is a uh, Michigan State hockey writer for the State News, and he covers the Red Wings for uh, OctopusThrower.com. Alex, how the heck heck are you? I'm fantastic. I I need some hockey talk in my life with the postponements uh, of the games this week. I just... It's just not been the same, and something's missing in my life. No, it is. It honestly, it's it's like the worst. Uh, do it's like, and it sucks too because, um, like I, I was I was actually talking with you like earlier about this. My grandpa's uh, Xfinity like account got hacked or something like that, and he had to change the password. And like all of his like, I think his computer went down. Like his e- e- emails, like he had to. I don't know. Any anyway, so I usually use his login to 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 log into Bally Sports. And because uh, it's not on Fubo TV, like you know, Bally Sports isn't on anything, so I can't watch any Red Wings games unless they're yeah. like exclusive to ESPN Plus. So I've been out here with without. I didn't get to see the Larkin hat trick. I didn't get to see um, really anything. And uh, but but dude, it is going to be. It's the best time too to talk about hockey since nobody will have their hockey fix for a good <laughs> a good time. Mm-hmm. But. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's crazy. Um, we're going to talk about Red Wings in a couple seconds, but I really wanted to get into uh, Michigan State as it's kind of like the halfway point in their season um, with their hockey team. Uh, so um, first off, actually, I just want to go into uh, your background. And um, so like, uh, like, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what, um, you know, you do with the uh, with the state news. So this was uh, this was actually my first semester with State News. Okay. Um, hired in, I transferred from Mid Michigan College uh, a couple of years ago to Michigan State. Um, love it here. I uh, decided to finally get you know some on the ground experience. So applied at State News. Uh, started on the culture desk actually. Um, as much as I love everyone on the culture desk, uh, just wasn't my place. Just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, so I eventually got slotted over to the sports. Uh, covered a few th- events. I covered volleyball. That was super fun. Covered um, covered one other of those uh, women's soccer. The women's soccer team was really good this year, so that was fun too. Uh, but then I finally got that hockey beat. That's what I've been looking for since I got at the state news. I, I love hockey. I'm just I'm a big hockey guy, and it just yeah that that's been my main focus right now. Just eating, breathing, 
everything with the Michigan State hockey team. Well, and it it helps too that they're uh, like they're they're actually kind of on a like a turnaround, you know, kind of year, sort of. Um, like it's it's sort of a rebuild, not really. Um, you know, since you know you can't really call it a rebuild, I, I guess when it's like a fourth year head coach or whatever Dan Cole is in. But um, but it's it's nice to see you know a nice bounce back. Uh, I I you know. I suppose, and it certainly helps um, again when they're like actually good. What do you What do you think um, is like driving Michigan State's Michigan State success? So, at the core, um, I think what's driving their success is actually something that's been there for a long time, and that's good goaltending and good defense. Um, for year under Dan Cole, even in uh, years where they weren't weren't great or they didn't live up to expectations, they had good defense you weren't going to score a lot of points typically against them. Um, and if the defense had lapses, you'd have a goalie right in the net to make those saves. And this year it's, it's Drew DeRitter and uh, Pierce Charleston. Both have been excellent. Um, but I think, I think that's why the team is decent. I think why they're improving is because of the offense. Um, the offense has, has struggled uh, past couple of years, uh, whether it be just competing with a lot of the high flying offenses in the big 10, like a Michigan you know, like a, like a Notre Dame at times, um, it can be hard to keep up with. And, and they've had trouble with that, but this year they're really starting to find their groove and actually putting up some goals. Um, I think I've really been impressed too, by how the defensemen have been kind of contributing. Um, Dennis Sasana, I think is fourth in points scored this year. He's been excellent on the back end. Um, I really like what he brings and he, and he's not just a playmaker. He's not just a puck mover. He doesn't just collect assists. I think he has four goals or five goals on the season. So he can activate successfully from the blue line. Uh, the the Krieger brothers are like that too. Um, if they're not taking an, an untime, untimely uh, penalty, they're typically uh, having a goal or an assist. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the penalties are are killer sometimes. Um, yeah, it it's, seems like clockwork. Well, it, and, it, and exactly, and I think like someone had mentioned. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was the. It was probably the NBCSN broadcast of that Notre Dame series. Um, and I love that, by the way, because you never get good college hockey on any televised. Like, in, in God forbid, Big Ten Network put up a a, a, a some a good program. Um, but you know, like Big Plus, I just can't deal with it. But uh, but yeah, like yeah, that that whole uh, the stats on NBCSN were just they were just key. Um, but yeah, they said like I think against Penn State the week before they played Notre Dame, I think what that was, uh, they had like half their points were uh, against, um, or I mean from defensemen, which is crazy, right? Like just half your points are coming from yeah. the defense, which is I, I mean that's awesome. Um, I've been really I've been impressed with Sasana. I've been impressed with Lewandowski, who before going uh what is it before he didn't get a point in the first game against Notre Dame um and then scored the OT winner against Notre Dame that was awesome uh but he ended what was like an 11 game winning streak and then DeRitter Charleston whenever he's been there has been outside of that Michigan game that's you know um is what it is but uh when he gave up the seven goals but other than that like I mean the goaltending has been great um who's but who would you say would be like the first half MVP so um, there are there are a couple. My mind is split between a, t- a couple. Um, I've got to go with DeRitter, though. The other guy I was thinking of, Mitchell Lewandowski, you mentioned him already. He scored that OT winner. He's been so important for this offense this year. Leads the team in points um, despite missing four or five games. Um, but it's it's got to be the goaltender. It's got to be Drew. Um, there are nights where he just stands on his head. 
uh, he goes out there and just has some excellent starts where he's the only reason the team wins. And that's just the definition of an MVP. Um, he has the fourth highest save percentage in the NCAA right now uh, at 945. And he has a sub uh, two goals against average. He's just insane this year. He had a great year last year and, and it looks like he's somehow being better. Like I just, I can't give it to anyone but him. He's just, he's been rock solid in that crease. And that's, and that's awesome. Uh, and like, and it kind of leads very well into, into kind of my next point too, with uh, like with Danton Cole and this like tandem operation, you know, that he sort of had between uh, DeRitter and Charleston. And Charleston's been great. Well, out, again, outside of that Michigan game where, uh, you know, he gave up the seven goals. But uh, outside of that, Charleston has kind of been, um, I think it's like in, uh, except outside of like four, four or so uh weekends they've kind of split like the duties and i mean again like after charleston's performance against uh, against penn state you couldn't not play him in that notre dame game and he didn't do like he didn't play like uh like horribly you know but against again like once you gotta ride the hot hand sometimes and that's just kind of the way it goes but do you think that uh like cole should continue to like do this sort of tandem thing with the goaltending or do you just stick with deritter like nine times out of ten so I liked the I liked the phrase you went with there. Um, the uh, you stay with the hot hand, and I think that's the tandem system I would run with here. Um, Drew is excellent in net, and he's just been fantastic. But at the end of the day, he's still a college student. He's still kind of a prospect, and there are games where, or, or there are weekends or days where he just needs some rest or even a mental break. Um, and if you get Charleston enough starts, like they have been. He can provide you games like he did against Penn State. I mean, that Penn State game was incredible. Didn't he make like 50 saves? Yeah, it was 50, which just is the most in Division One. Just crazy. Yeah, he's been... When you have a goaltender who can come out and, and prove that he can do stuff like that, like he hasn't been consistently as good as DeRitter, but he has games and flashes where he looks just as good. Uh, so when you have a tandem like that, I, I don't necessarily think it's 1A, 1B. I think you should give DeRitter a majority of the starts. But man, if if Charleston comes out and says I want a few starts because of how good I'm playing, I'd give it to him. I I wouldn't say no. What is uh what is your boldest prediction uh going into the second half of the season? Bold prediction: they finish in the top three in the Big Ten. I think oh that's goodness. that's that's pretty bold. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that is considering you got a pass. Well, I guess they're what five now. I think is what it is. Yep. Um, if they, if they finish in three, they would pass, um, like Ohio state. Is it? No, 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 no. That Ohio would be S- Notre Dame. Ohio state, Notre Dame. Um, I think Ohio, cause they're above Wisconsin and Penn state right now. Right, right. Penn so state they would have to pass Ohio state and, um, and Notre Dame. Right, right. And they've split the series and both of them are on the road. I think right. that's, that's my main reason for this bold take. They've been on the road a lot. When they get back from this break, get a little healthy, they're going to get a lot of games at home, and they might be able to steal a few series. Perfect. And their and their record at home is not uh, is not bad. Um, so that is all. That is all the Michigan State stuff I wanted to talk about uh, today. Because I, again, just needed to get some of this out of my system. I have been really impressed with what they've been doing, and it's been exciting. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and finally, Griff is going to join us. And uh, we will uh, do that in just a moment. Sweet.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Griff, uh, welcome to the show. I had to unmute you, so uh, that's uh, I I was muted myself. I didn't want to accidentally uh, bump into anything uh, Sparty-related. You know, I'm a dirty Wolverine, so tainted the interview i wouldn't want to do that <laughs> uh that's that is that is a okay college hockey you know tons of people care about it right um so <laughs> more yeah, people yeah. should <laughs> i i have followed more michigan hockey this year than in my entire life for i mean several reasons it's something to do and also they're awesome this year you know, well, and they have like what? The, well, like just, four they got the five what, they have four top first rounders picks. they have like four, four of the top, top five picks on their team like yeah just, yeah oh uh, yeah so kind of insane that they're all yeah michigan they, they they got a a good team and rightfully so but um you know i'm always a fan of when the local uh local schools do good i i i root for michigan tech when we get the frozen four i always want it to be michigan tech michigan msu to be at least three of the four teams so uh, always root for any team with a Michigan in the name, uh, typically, but the, I, the blue win out. I can't be as kind with Michigan, I'll be honest, you know. <laughs> I, I I'll cheer for West. You. I've I'll met our fans, Broncos, and we're, I'll cheer for we're insufferable. Eagles, but... We're insufferable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we are. I I know we are. I, uh, I've i met us. Uh, we're not great. But um, shifting from the college uh, landscape into the pros – uh, you know, as you alluded to with Brad, you know, you guys are talking about, you know, this is, interview is nice because everything has been <clears throat> delayed. Uh, obviously, the wings have been postponed until uh, basically through the end of the year. And then the entire NHL has suspend is suspending operations from the 22nd. So tomorrow uh, or today, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, the uh, through the 25th, through the holiday. Um, and it was probably the right call because I'm, I'm going to read you a little stat line here. December 19th, eight games were scheduled, four were postponed. The 20th, five scheduled, four postponed. That's 80%. 21st, which is today, 10 were scheduled, eight were postponed. So two of the eight, two of the 10 games that were scheduled to be played today got pushed. Tomorrow, all four games that were scheduled got postponed. And on the 23rd, Thursday, probably a big day going into the holiday, 15 games had been scheduled, 10 were postponed. So this is probably fairly fairly unsurprising. And, uh, you know, to bring it back down to the local level, obviously the Wings have been dealing with, you know, a large outbreak. Ernie... uh, Obviously, Bertuzzi got it a little while back. Uh, DeKaiser got it. And I have to go back and check. I'm sure there's been so many names that keep popping up, and we're just pulling guys out of Grand Rapids to get them to, to f- fill out a lineup. Um, and we've heard Steve Eiserman talk about it a little bit about, you know, he takes it seriously and the players take it seriously. He encourages, those, encourages them to be safe and get the booster and all that. You know, it, and this kind of goes to all of sports, but, you know, hockey specifically, is there is there something the NHL as a whole can do to help these leagues continue? Um, I know one of the big things was, you know, uh, is, you know, the easing, the testing uh, that they do, like testing asymptomatic vaccinated players, which is everyone except Bertuzzi. So, 
Do you think there's something like that, or do you think they should just, you know, take off the next couple weeks and try to kick back up into January? So there are a couple options here. Um, Let me get into first what I think they'll do. Um, I think this pause will be it. Uh, I I don't know if they're going to pause again. They, the NHL and the NHLPA just, I I don't think they want to deal with it. And um, I think what we're going to see and what we've already started to see is we're getting COVID level, like during the pandemic level guidelines being put in right now, players can't interact with people outside of the bubble. Like it's almost a bubble atmosphere being put in right now. Um, I think that's what they do. Now you mentioned it. Another option I've heard um, is stop testing asymptomatic players. Obviously there are issues with that. Um, They have families that you go home to. You don't want to spread Like there are certainly issues with that, but that's another option I've heard thrown out there. But um, Mm. I think the most likely is just, no pause, just this little pause. Other than that, just push yeah. on forward. We're going to get some weird games, I think. We're going to get some games like the Red Wings had against the uh, the Devils where they were playing without Alex Nedeljkovic, Joe Valeno, Carter Rowney. They essentially had a glorified uh, Grand Rapids line, like you mentioned. Taro Hirose and Riley Biber, uh, Barber were up there all on that line. Yep. So I, I think that's what the NHL does. I, just, I think it's – there's no way they're going to – there's no way they're going to cancel or do anything like that. Cause I think there's just too much money to be made. Yeah. And I don't think I, yeah. Canceling games. I don't think having all these postponements will be made up because I just don't think the, I, the NHL, the owners aren't going to want to lose all that revenue from each of those games, especially because when they were in the bubble <clears throat> or not in the bubble, when they were doing the, the last year with the empty arenas, I mean, the NHL was struggling to to make enough revenue to justify actually playing a season. A lot of teams lost money, so they can't afford. The, the owners got to be thinking, you know, we can't afford to have a stoppage again. Um, I do think the decision to basically say we're not playing in the Olympics is probably the best one. I get that a lot of these guys probably want to, but it's just a whole nother level a chance of spreading on top of everything else. And, you know, the NHL is thinking we want a season. We need a Stanley Cup champion at the end. <clears throat> well, and, So, yeah, uh, I just wanted to see what your thoughts thing about on that, that are. Too. Yeah, and the worst Go thing ahead, with, yeah. um, with, with the COVID players, if they get COVID over there, according to the Olympic Committee's rules, they're subject to Chinese law so they can be quarantined in China away from their NHL clubs for, for weeks if they test positive while they're in yeah. there. So it's just there was just, they just should not have gone even, uh, i'm, I'm glad they didn't it. honestly it, like like you mentioned it would have been awesome to see steven samkos and these guys finally get that olympic moment but just for safety and for the the season's sake just keep them at home yeah not in full agreement and, and like you said you know none of us probably have the answer uh but I, something we're gonna see how it pans out and like you said you know these are athletes in peak condition who've you know us like set aside from Bertuzzi uh I'm not trying to rag on the guy it's just a fact that the entire <laughs> NHL is vaccinated except for him um but they're all vaccinated so they're if they get it they'll get their conditions either asymptomatic or mild conditions they won't go to the hospital and they'll recover and and we go from there I mean at this point if we're trying to live with COVID at least in the sports world seems like the only way forward, but we'll have to, to keep it going. But um, 
you know, at least before the stoppage, uh, the Wings had went out on a, a very nice high note. Um, Larkin getting his uh, his first career hat trick. That was really awesome to see, which I can't believe it. It took I can't believe Bertuzzi got a hat trick before he did. Um, but I, said, I do Bertuzzi think it's and uh, Raymond this year. I was shocked. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. But do you think, uh, you know, I was someone who I've always loved Larkin, but I was always like skeptical if, if he could fill out that that captain's role. And I think this year, you know, he's done a lot to prove that in his production and his on the ice and off the ice leadership. I mean, how do you think he's rolled um, grown into having that C on his sweater? So the first thing that pops into my mind with Larkin is that second thing you mentioned, the, the, the off ice stuff. Um, that's what we saw last mm-hmm. year too, because we didn't see the production last year, but I think even last year he showed flashes that he truly is a, a great NHL captain. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way he leads his team, and, and this team has been a bit streaky this year, but they've been able to turn around four straight road losses to five straight wins. They've been able to do stuff that I just, yep. I don't think, I don't know if they would have without Larkin at the top. And then in terms of production, like you they're touched kinda, on, they're kind of he's gritty. excellent this year. They're kind of a, yeah, yeah. They're kind well, of a gritty well, last team. Year, like, yeah, there's certain new, um, the, last year, a lot of them focused on getting like that two-way game. Like, you could play well defensively and offensively. And it's starting to pay off this year. Like you mentioned, like, the, you yeah. see goals made out of nothing. They'll, they'll steal something in the in the defensive zone or offensive zone and turn it into an offensive series out of nothing. Like, And Larkin does that a lot, too. He's He's been excellent. And I, I don't know if he's, like, a, a number one center on a Stanley Cup winning team, but I think he's a captain on a Stanley Cup winning team. Did you guys did yep. you guys actually see the, uh, what is it, the, the viral video? Uh, that was posted where Larkin uh, crashed the into the beer. boards and spilled the dude's beer, and he he <laughs> bought him. He gave him like twenty bucks is, from this guy, or whatever. I th- I don't know. Like again, like you mentioned, like that Which is an LCA a- is probably the cost of of about <laughs> one is, is probably about the cost of one beer. So right. <laughs> God. No, I can tell was, you that was from awesome. experience that a Labatt Blue is thirteen bucks. <laughs> it's so expensive. There you go. Yeah, I'll say I'm I've. You know, fingers crossed. I'm going to a game in uh, in January. We'll see if it actually happens. Uh, if it if it doesn't get postponed, but, Griff, which game um, are you going to? Yeah, I'm sure. it's it'll be. I oh, doesn't even. Know. I think Courtney just told me about. That's my fiance. Uh, it's a Christmas gift to me that I'm not supposed to know about, but she wanted to make sure <laughs> I didn't have make plans. Uh, it's the 21st. It's against the Stars. Uh, okay. Okay. But, so I, I just, oh, that's yeah. a good matchup. I'm going to the Sabres game on yeah. the 15th. So fingers crossed that oh, nothing nice. lasts too uh, too long. Yeah. I also got a um, Christmas gift. Yeah, I so. think Larkin. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Larkin, though, I think he – you you made a very good point. He's not the number one center on a Stanley Cup team, but he is the captain because he's probably not the number one center on our team. Uh, like, he's pretty close, but, like, you could make an argument that he is – potentially a number two center and depending on you know what which of our picks develop and things like that in terms of production um but he's he is definitely the leader of this team with how he's conducted himself uh with everything that has gone on um I'm, i'm looking forward to seeing what he does especially the more rookies we get i mean we've already seen 
the positive impact that he's probably had on, you know, Cider and Raymond, uh, you know, so when Ed Vinson gets here and, and Kosa gets here, uh, it's going to be exciting. You know, and speaking of, you know, Mo uh, Cider and Lucas Raymond and even Nadelkovich, because he's still considered a rookie. I mean, well, you got to just be blown away with Steve Eiserman and his ability to, you know, th- whether through the draft or through trading or free agency, he, he just finds every bit of talent and gets it for a value. I mean, it, it, it's just insane. Like, what do, what do you think of the, these rookies and the year they're having? And then also, you know, Eiserman as a GM and the moves he's made and his, you know, trading and free agent moves. Cause you could even throw in um, Vrana in there who, he makes this team probably a couple games better if he when he comes back to the lineup. Yeah, I think um, like you said, those those three rookies are a testament to just how good of a GM Steve Eisman is. Uh, if you go pick or player by player, Moritz Sider, when they picked him, a lot of people said that was a reach. They did like he was not projected in yep. in many drafts to be a top ten pick, and then he goes goes to the Red Wings so high, it's like. He's such a good talent evaluator, and and just I think his greatest talent though is he doesn't fall for anything he sees. He's not going to listen to the guys outside the room. He listens to the guys inside of his draft room. Um, Lucas Raymond as well. Lucas Raymond was just that one was a little bit easier, I'll be honest, but still just an excellent yeah. player, excellent pick. Um, and then Nadelkovich acquiring Nadelkovich was just ridiculous. Um, a th- I think a third round pick and Jonathan Bernier for a guy who finished as a finalist for the Calder last year. It, that's just, that's a, just a crazy piece of GM work. Um, and then in terms of like the actual players, I just, I can't remember the last time one team had two true contenders for the Calder cup for rookie of the year. Cause I think cider and oh, yeah. could both very well make a case for it right now. And I believe like, uh, Nadelkovich is because of, even though he played last year, he's still eligible for it this year. So, like, he has one of the best, you know, rookie goaltenders. And honestly, he I don't I don't know what he is compared to the rest of the league. But man, when you see the saves he makes, like he just looks great. And then you you think, oh, we got Kosa coming up the fuck uh, up the, uh, you know, coming up the ranks. You know, playing in World Juniors right now. It's like, man, okay, so we're set at goaltender. And like you said, we have two Calder, uh, you know, we're going to have two Calder finalists. We have the best rookie defenseman. I think he's the highest, uh, most points scored by a rookie defenseman this year in Cider. And then Raymond leading in assists, points, goals, every cat- offensive category you can think of. Um, and Raymond obviously has a lot of the flash, but most Cider, I think, just has the subtle. T- the ways he is so subtly good is what makes me so excited about him. The one, the pass that he had that set up, uh, I think it was Bertuzzi's second goal in that game against the Devils the other night. I mean, it was it looked like something that Lidstrom would would do when he was in his prime, and it was just like that doesn't look like you know a nineteen year old kid who's making his you know rookie uh, in in his rookie year in the NHL. So I think I mean those two. It's going to be very exciting um, just with all the talent that if I, this team is acquiring. Um, and, and like we said, what's coming down the pipeline? I mean, we have 
Kosa uh, and Edvinson are obviously the two first round picks that are in world juniors. There's also a handful of third and fourth and second round picks that are playing as well. That all eventually could come up to uh, take a position on this team, whether it's, you know, a top line guy or even a, f- a fourth line guy that plays a role. Um, Cause you know, it's important. You know, we know, I think wings fans, especially as of the last couple years know how much a fourth line can burn you. Um, cause you can't have your first line out all the time. So I think having those guys coming up, knowing the depth that this team is building out with, I mean, it, it's gotta be, uh, exciting. Uh, you know, if you're a Red Wings fan and with all, so with all that being said, so very long wind up to a question, but what do you think now with where they're at with Vrana? I think he's coming back and that he should be back in the next couple, the next month or two, I believe, I believe his injury yep. put him coming back. February, that's what I thought. Yep. With him coming back and and all those things, what is the rest of the season outlook this year? And then when when do you see their playoff window really opening in terms of them, you know, making the playoffs and you know being competitive in the playoffs? So I'll start with um, with this year first, the outlook this year. So currently, uh, they are in a playoff spot technically due to uh, points. Um, they're a bit behind in terms of winning percentage, Boston. Um, if I'm being honest, yeah. this year I don't think they make the playoffs. Uh, they have to compete with Boston and Pittsburgh essentially for those um, those two wild card spots in the East. And I just don't think they're as good as either of those teams. They're they're not as veteran, I should say. Those I mean, when you have guys like Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, and uh, and Brad Marchand atop a line. Like I, It's hard to pick against that. Um, and then in Pittsburgh, you, you have Crosby. You have some crazy pieces still. So I don't think they get there this year. But, um, man, in terms of playoff windows, I could see him making it next year. Um, you mentioned yep. Simone Edvinson, and he has been one of the most impressive prospects so far. Um, when he was drafted, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed because I – I, I got a, really into the in the draft this year, and I saw him as kind of a raw prospect who could, you know, who's going to take a few years to bake. And he's proven me wrong. He is scoring, I believe, half a point per game last time I checked in the NH or in the SHL, the Swedish yeah. Hockey League. He's been excellent. He he's improving his offensive <laughs> yeah. game. He's improving his defensive game. Once he slots in, if he if he makes a push for the roster like Cider did last year, and he does it next year, this team is a playoff team. Um, Cider, yeah, if absolutely. he continues to grow, Raymond, I, I think <clears throat> next year might be a bit optimistic, but based on how this is trending, I I think it, it opens up next year. And then you also got to think, what moves does Iserman make to acquire, you know, I think, I don't think he won't open up the purse and, and blow it. He won't, you know, get a bloated contract for an old guy. I mean, that's especially when that's what, really held the wings down for so long was signing a bunch of veteran guys to kind of keep the, you know, it was taping the car back together while it was running 70 miles an hour down the, the freeway. But he, you know, if there's a guy Eisenman wants in free agency to help them, it's that last piece of the puzzle to make the push. I mean, he'll, he'll do it. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny. It's like you said, you know, with Edvinson, you, you said you were kind of disappointed with it because you thought maybe you want someone else. I've just learned to say, well, Stevie picked it, so he must know something I don't. The eyes are and every single time, because we said it, people said it about Mo, 
And then he turned into the number one prospect from that draft class. And Raymond, like you said, was, you know, sometimes it is, it is just that easy. It's close your eyes and take the best guy there. And Edvinson, it's, you know, it's the same thing where it's like, these guys just keep turning into the best players in, in hockey in terms of, you know, raw prospect and where they're ranked. It's, uh, well, he, yeah, I do think it's excellent even in, he's just been excellent even in like those, those later rounds. Um, Elmer Soderbloom, yep. a guy who was, he was picked late, I think like sixth round. He's excellent this year. Now, now do I think he's, he's necessarily good NHL prospect yet? No, but he's proving me wrong. Uh, William Wallander has had some excellent seasons. He's last season, especially, uh, I'm really excited about a couple of the guys they snagged this year. Shy Booyam over at university of Denver, um, Carter, Missouri. Some of these, like, like you were saying, they don't necessarily slide into the top lines and they're not going to be game breaking talents, but they're just going to make this team so well-rounded in just a few years. Yeah, I I'm just exactly. really excited about the future of this team and what he's building. And, you know, it's important to have guys in Grand Rapids. Injuries happen. It's next man up. I mean, you hear that in football a lot, but it applies to it can apply to any sport, especially in hockey. You know, you need a good taxi team, really, because uh, you never know when a guy goes down. So to eat, if you can hit on some, even if, like you said, they're not game breaking prospects, but they can come and fill a role when needed. I mean, there's a lot of value in that. Um, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to, I got two things to kind of round this out with because it's two the two red wings i think i have the the two biggest question marks on one i'm more optimistic on and one i'm more uh, on currently the one i'm more mm, meh on is uh rasmussen um what what do you make of him i i mean obviously we've seen some struggles this year He's, he scored some goals um, he's gotten some good, you know, good shots on net and was able to make, uh, you know, make the most of the opportunities. But I think, you know, we've seen him struggle defensively. Uh, and he seems to just, he, he gets the puck bullied off him. He just always seems he can never win those puck battles. And for a guy who's six, six and skates, it's like, man, like I just, I expect him to be so much more of, he doesn't have to be an enforcer, but just, you know, someone who can control the ice more. And I just feel like he has not been able to do that. I mean, so what are your thoughts on him? Does he have a place on this team going forward? And what do you think he needs to do to kind of even out that, that, that his play? So last year, uh, Rasmussen has been a really big disappointment to me. I'll be completely honest. I've been really disappointed with how he's played last year. Mostly because last year he was taking some major strides. So a player like Michael Rasmussen, who's not the most highly skilled, uh, who's 6'7", just a big guy and an okay skater, what you want him to do is set screens at the net, just be a big body at the net, win win battles at the net, so so a Nick Letty or a a Thomas Holmstrom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just fill it up at at the crease. Um, you want him to be winning individual puck battles. Um, you want him to just bully people along the sides, especially guys who are significantly smaller than him. Uh, and then lastly, you want him to be competent defensively. And I think he's only been one of those so far this year. I have not seen him setting screens almost ever. He just he doesn't seem to to be jockeying for position properly at the front of the net. Uh, he, like you said, he's getting bullied by guys who are like five nine. 
And no no offense to my yeah. short kings, but man, like a six seven guy <laughs> has to win those puck battles. Like he has to get in there and win Absolutely. those, and, and he's not. Um, and then defensively, he's been okay in his own zone, but in terms of maintaining possession and finishing on chances, he's just been awful. He almost looks scared to have the the puck on his stick. He'll he'll get forward, he'll get it on there, and he'll just except for one play this year, he's whiffed on it. I just I'm really disappointed. Um, he has another year on contract, and he has looked good the past couple of games. So like, I'll cool down on on my. I I don't want to say hate because I like Rasmussen, but my criticism, my heavy criticism, I'll calm down on it yeah. for now. But he's got to really show something in the next couple of years, or he's not going to have a role on this team. Uh, and even at best, I think a role yeah. with him is a fourth line center. Yeah, no, I, I'm <clears throat> I'm in pretty much full agreement there. And, you know, the thing with Steve Eiserman, I mean, really, unless he drafted you and unless your name's Dylan Larkin because he's the captain, if he thinks you're not producing and he can get a value for you in terms of draft capital or uh, another player, like similar to the Mantha Vrana trade, because honestly, I think with what we got for, for out of Rana and the Mantha thing there, like Mantha was never meant to be a top line guy. Whereas on the capitals, I think he flourishes much better. And Rana coming here is honestly a very replaceable player. And I think if Rasmussen gets that same point, if we're at a point next year and there's a team that needs a fourth line center, who's trying to make a run, I would not be shocked at all. If Stevie, moved him to get something. I don't think he'll get a first rounder by any means, but he'll, he, if he can get a third round pick for him or, or something along those lines, I mean, it is a starting center on your fourth line in the NHL. You know, it's not cheap. <clears throat> uh, I think he, you know, he'll do it. So we'll, we'll see. Obviously, you know, I'm, I always root for the guy. I obviously want the players on our team to be the ones who work out so we can, you know, it's <laughs> one step closer to winning a cup again. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with, with Big Rass. Um, the, so the other player I want to talk about, and this is the one I'm more optimistic on because I think he plays very, very well. He just... He... <laughs> he can't get lucky to save his life. Like, I, 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 it's getting to the point where I feel bad for him, and it's, it's Philip Zadina. Um, I was ecstatic when they drafted him. I loved the... I'm going to fill their pucks with uh, their nets with them with pucks uh, comment on draft night for all the people that passed on him. And I, I think he plays, I think he plays really well. Like he makes some real, I think he can make some really, really good moves with the puck and he's got a shot. Like he, he can be a sniper. He just hasn't been able to bury a, a bury a goal. And it's, it's to the point where it's comical because with, you know, people are pulling up the analytics and the, for him to have the string of luck he's having with the amount of quality shots on net that he's had and to not score, he's like seven goals below the average with how, based on, you know, where, how many quality shots on net he's gotten and taken. So this, you know, lead back around to the question do you think Zadina gets it together? Is he just in kind of a bad luck dry spell? And and what do you think his role on this team is going forward? Is he, you know, a second line forward um, with the potential to be a first liner? Or do you think he's just going to kind of hover that third and fourth line, uh, f you know, for, for a while? So 
Zidane has been Zidane has been so frustrating this year. But the thing is, you and I and every fan on earth is are, are not nearly as frustrated as he is at himself. When you see him make yeah. those oh. the, just just miss it just by this much, he grips the stick. He'll even I've seen him break the stick. He'll yell, he'll scream, he'll shout because he knows he can do better, and I think he can too. Um, like you said, the underlying statistics, otherwise than like Corsi four and some of the possession. In terms of shots, he, he has the second most shots on the team. He has 71 shots, I think, on the season right now, um, behind only Dylan Larkin. Um, he He's good in the offensive zone. He'll strip pucks from other forwards, other defensemen, create offensive series out of nothing. I mentioned that earlier about how uh, the Wings have been doing that lately, and that he's one of the guys who does it most. I'll, uh, he'll make plays where he, it's just ridiculous. He'll just outhandle someone, take the puck, and rip a shot. It just hasn't found the back of the net yet. So if you look at if you yeah. look at like stats, I think he's got to regress to the mean at some point because this is this is statistically significantly substandard to where he should be. I think he regresses to the mean, yeah. and if he doesn't, you mentioned him. I'm gonna draw some Anthony Mantha comparisons. He, uh, Zadina was not drafted by Eisenman. I could see a scenario in which if he just can't fill the pucks um, or fill the net with pucks, he could be one dealt. If the price is right, I know I don't think Eisman is at the point of the rebuild where he's just going to start exchanging for players. Do I? He still wants good value, so it has to be a king's ransom that comes. But I could see him trading uh, Zadina if he can't fill the net. Um, but if he works out, and like you said, like we're always rooting for that. I love Zadina. I loved his comment on draft night. If it works out, he is a second line, borderline first line winger. I think he is a lethal goal goal scorer when he's good. He's a good playmaker, and now he has a two way game. I love Zadina, but man, he's just—he's he, got to get rid of whatever hex is on him, man. It's crazy. Yeah, hex—hex uh, hex is right. I mean, it's just—I I can't believe the guy hasn't scored more goals. And you're right; it—he it, is a statistical anomaly. And hopefully, he splits. You know, eventually, like you said, it regresses back to the mean. Um, <clears throat> but in the meantime, we'll just have to you know keep watching and. Hopefully he, you know, I don't want to say gets his shit together because he's playing well. It's just the numbers aren't there to to show how well he's playing. But um, I think you know he'll keep playing. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna pull through. But I do think you're right. He wasn't drafted by Iserman, so I could totally see a situation where he's dealt. Like you said, if the price is right. I mean, like I said, I think anyone's on the table that isn't a rookie or D Dylan Larkin. Um, like I said, you know, like, could I see Eisman dealing Bertuzzi? Yeah, but he would need a King's ransom for it. Like, he's not going to do it for, you know, just a first rounder because Bertuzzi outputs more than that. And he's a locker room leader more than that. So there's a lot of the tangibles and intangibles when looking at that. And the same thing goes for. Uh, for Zadina because he, he has that raw talent. It's just a matter of converting that into scoring some goals. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, man, that that's all I got Red Wings wise. I mean, I think um, this it's kind of nice. They're they're They are probably our best team in Detroit currently in terms of where they're at in a rebuild and, you know, the talent they're accruing. They're they're fun again. They're generating buzz. The only other team kind of close to that would be the Tigers, maybe, sorta. Yeah, the Pistons yeah, kind of suck, I but just... at least they got Cade, and and the Lions are the Lions. So it's like, 
at least we got the Red Wings to to give us some fun, you know, something to look forward to on a weeknight and watch a, a local team do well. Yeah. Um yeah, I will uh, I will talk now. Um <laughs> Yeah, hi Brad, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um but yeah, I uh no, I'm excited. I think like like um just to just to hop on on that, uh the Tigers um like are kind of still in that like realm of they're like sort of disappointing me. You know what I mean? And like and it's like you don't trust the front office. You don't um you know, like you know, you're not happy with the history. Whereas with the Red Wings, like you, ha- you like the front office now that, you know, Iserman's there, you, uh, you, you know, the history again with Iserman, like what he did Tampa Bay, like you're hoping that he replicates it right here in Detroit. Um, you know, it's, it's the only team in the city that I can honestly genuinely say that they're trending upwards. And um, I think that that's um, it's really fun. Like it's again, like you mentioned, they're a fun team. Some nights it might cause chaos, you know, because you you'll watch them blow like a four goal lead out of nowhere. But then all of a sudden, you know, Dylan Larkin's out here with a hat trick four nights later or something like that. So it's in the same season, you know, breath of fresh air. Yeah, the Tigers. The Tigers are in just a. I have like an implicit trust in Steve Eisenman and I just do not have the same for the Tigers front office. I just, especially after they missed on Correa, there has just been some steps like that this year that just have, have disappointed me. I don't know. We'll see what he does with spending yep. after the, uh, after the lockout ends, hopefully it'll end, but if the lockout ends, <laughs> it, yeah, we're, we're, we're there. There's no, uh, what is it? No hockey until the, a while. And then we got like, MLB well the the hockey thing won't last as long but uh but it's it's kind of a it's a weird spot I think that uh that we're in right now but um Alex where uh you you write for Octo or you're an editor at Octopus Thrower um what uh where can we find you what 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 are your stuff So uh I I am pretty neutral on most um, most social media sites i think the only one that you can uh, really I'm, I'm active on is twitter um that's at alex pick faber i believe it is um i just retweet a bunch of red wings and michigan state stuff um all michigan state athletics so if you're into either of those come check me out there i'll tweet on my articles that good stuff but yeah that's that's my main social perfect that sounds great um thank you so much for joining us and uh, we um, will see everyone tomorrow when we uh, record episode number 33, which will be so exciting. Um, but until then, bid you adieu. Cool. Um-